This is African News Tonight on The Voice of America. Hello and welcome. Welcome to African News Tonight from the English to Africa service of The Voice of America, your source for Pan-African news and world developments. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. Coming up on African News Tonight... We are looking for chemicals. But because we don't have money, that's why we are trying to crush them. That's James Mbulo, a farmer north of the Zambian capital who's trying to fight an infestation of army worms that is spreading in the country. Details coming up. Also today is World Radio Day and we'll hear from two experts on the medium. And Cameroon is celebrating the 90th birthday of President Paul Bia. We'll have these stories and more on African News tonight. We start with our top story, the UNESCO, the United Nations Education, Scientific and Cultural Organization says, radio is a powerful medium that celebrates humanity in all its diversity and constitutes a platform for democratic discourse. It also provides a unique ability to reach the widest audience possible and is the most immediate form of news reporting. Mirta Lorenzo. Chief of Media Development for UNESCO, tells VOA's Carol Van Dam, radio has been able to ride the technological advances of the times, including FM and AM. It's delivered on podcasts and on many streaming devices. It still reaches the largest number of audiences around the world because of being a low-cost medium. But also it's a medium that gives you the microphone, gives you the possibility of having your voice heard irrespective of the level of education of the person, of the instruction level, because other media required a bit more of education or ability uh, than, than what radio does. And it's also the one for the breaking news, you know, because you only need a microphone to be there where the event is happening when, in fact, other media need to uh, mobilize uh, camera teams mm-hmm. or even mobilize graphic teams. If it's an, on Internet, radio station just mobilizes, gets somebody there with the microphone, and an event which is very grave as a shooting, for example, or a flooding, or other things like a storm. It could be a weather warning, you know, but it's always there immediately. And you see that people, when they see something on digital media, on Internet, the first reaction is to turn on the radio station to see the radio, to see if it's really happening. So and that's not the, an old-fashioned thing. People still do that, don't they? Yes, it's the parameter to see if it's true or not. So it, there are many other sites to radio that we can that we can mention. Uh, it's I would tell your listeners to always keep a transistor at home if if it has DAB plus, great. But always keep one because in case of well, let's say floodings that I mentioned, uh, you don't have electricity, and at one point your mobile device will uh, not have any more battery, and you cannot plug it anywhere. So, as UNESCO points out, you know, reporting and informing the general public, radio is still up there. It still shapes public opinion, and it frames the narrative that can influence domestic, international situations. But radio can also be used as kind of a, a tool for the bad guys, right? I mean, if they if yes. they control the medium. Yes, we and we have some horrible 
examples like uh, Radio Milkolin in Rwanda many years ago, remember, so which uh, spearheaded a um, genocide. So when we are talking of uh, the radio that uh, serves as conflict prevention and peace building, we are talking of a radio that ha that is editorially independent, that is free from political influence, commercial or ideological influence. And it's important that listeners learn to identify which are these radio stations, which are independent, which perform a quality journalism. That is uh, Mirata Lorenzo, Chief of Media Development for UNESCO. She was speaking with VOA's Carol Van Dam from Paris. As we reported, today is World Radio Day. Radio has been a source of communication, connectivity, comfort, and companionship for millions around the globe. More than three billion people tune in to listen to the radio every week. Golden Mwangandize, the national chairperson of for Media Institute of Southern Africa, based in Zimbabwe, says, Radio is the ever-ready, ever-steady companion for every man, for every woman, especially in Africa. Yeah, well, um, I think uh, it is very uh, important uh, to note that uh, from the onset, radio um, is very important, and um, especially today, um, in Africa, it remains the leading medium for communication. Those that say radio is the medium for Africa uh, were on point and are still on point because despite the coming in of social media, other uh, communication platforms, radio has remained relatively um, very cheap for, uh, to access by people, especially those that... Um, lives in rural areas and marginalized areas. And um, it has served quite a lot of important work in terms of spread information, key information between people to people, government to people, and vice versa. And today, as we commemorate World Radio Day in Zimbabwe, I think uh, people have a whole lot of reasons to celebrate um, the coming in of uh, community radio stations and uh, investor-run radio stations which are supposed to add on to the access to information and also helping people to make informed decisions. More so, the theme for this year, Radio and Peace, has come at the right moment when uh, now than never before, radio is expected to play a pivotal role in promoting peace, especially in conflict region um, areas, as well as promoting development. Radio. It's a source of communication, connectivity, uh, for companionship through good and bad, throughout the ages and across the vast geography of the globe. Uh, so you're saying it transcends even social media. Its importance is that great? Yes, I said so because, um, you see, social media, sometimes people, um, often people need uh, connectivity data. And it, it becomes expensive, especially to the people that may need to use social media all the time. Apart from that, you would see that um, I've talked about much people that live in marginalized areas where there is no internet connectivity. Radio goes there. Radio reaches people within their homes in rural areas. 
unlike um, uh, most social media platforms, which you need internet to get connected to. And also, the older folks that listen to radio, um, they are more comfortable in getting access to information through this medium rather than social media platforms where they need to adapt to ever-changing trends and to follow new platforms that attract uh, followership. So in Africa, you're saying radio connects the most remote of people to a world of possibilities. And one thing I would like you to uh, answer for me is radio giving voices and expressions to people and causes across the breadth of Africa. Yes, this is why I, I say <clears throat> up to now, I see radio remaining the medium for Africa. And lastly, my last question okay. is, uh, people turn to radio first when disaster strikes. Radio is very relevant, helping people to come out of problems like natural disasters, because it's instant and it's a medium that people can trust because of um, how it runs. Even in Zimbabwe cases, where there was, for example, a flood, cyclone, Idai in Tumanumani, and the other flash floods that uh, take place in various parts of the country, radio is easy to use for communication. Because you don't need to print and send. You don't need people to be on, online. They just need to tune in. They are connect, already connected. That was Golden Mwangandize, the National Chairperson for Media Institute of Southern Africa. He talked to me from Harare, Zimbabwe. Hey, my name is Rita James, and yes, I trust radio stations in South Sudan because um, they give always a reliable information and they act as a bridge between the, let me say, the government and the public. Thank you, VOA. My name is Wal Mapal Mayan. I trust radio as a source of uh, accurate and I do listen to Voice of America when I come back from markets. When I'm having my rest, I tune my radio and hear what they say. Happy World Radio Day to Voice of America. Well, I listen to radio when I need to listen to it. Like as the thing is going in Nigeria now, I turn on my radio to listen to it. I don't actually listen to radio that much, but the condition of Nigeria make me to listen to radio. Let me see, by 8.39, when I'm done from work, that's it. Happy World Radio Day to Voice of America. A Southern African court has ordered the seizure of two homes and a yacht belonging to Equatorial Guinea's Vice President, Teodoro Guema Obiang Monique. The French news agency AFP says the order is part of a lawsuit by South African businessman Daniel Jansi van Retzenberg. He says he was unlawfully detained and tortured in Equatorial Guinea for 491 days after the collapse of a deal by politician Gabriel Angabi to set up an airline in 2013. 
Van Rettenberg says the project was near completion when Angabi, said to be related to, for, to the first family, summoned him to a meeting in Equatorial Guinea and cancelled the deal, asking for his money back. Van Rettenberg says within 10 minutes of his refusal, Angabi called Vice President Obiang and he was thrown into prison by a rapid intervention force. In 2021, a Cape Town High Court ordered the vice president to pay Van Rassenberg over $2 million in damages. AFP says furniture from his two residences in Cape Town has already been auctioned off. Obiang's lawyer has refused to comment. Cameroon is celebrating the 90th birthday of President Paul Bia the world's oldest head of government. Supporters say they hope he will extend his four decades in power when the next election comes in 2025. Opponents say Bia has become authoritarian and cite concerns about his health. Young people, especially students, have been forced to take part in Bia's birthday activities, as Moki Edwin Kinzeka reports from Yaoundé, Cameroon. This song, Rigor, by Cameroon's legendary artist Jojo Ngale, blasts through speakers at the 5,000-seat multipurpose sports complex in Cameroon's capital, Yaoundé. Ngale says in the song that Bia should be credited for bringing rigor and moralization to Cameroon. Among the senior state functionaries celebrating the anniversary is Philemon Young, Cameroon's immediate past prime minister and Bia's close collaborator. We are celebrating longevity achievements, political achievements, economic achievements. You can imagine uh, democratization, that's a big achievement. Rigor is with us, moralization is with us, and most of all, living together. We don't see them, they are invisible, but extremely important to us. The government says public places in towns and villages across Cameroon hosted activities Monday marking Bia's 90th birthday. During the birthday celebrations Monday, Bia's ruling Cameroon People's Democratic Movement Party called on the non-agenarian to seek another term. If Bia were to win the 2025 election, he would be 95 when the mandate ends in 2030. The government says young people came out voluntarily to celebrate because they love beer. However, geography teacher Henry Binzinyoy says the government instructed secondary school and university students to attend the celebrations. I was born in the mid-80s. Bia was already the president of Cameroon. I am almost 40 years, and the man is still the president of Cameroon. It's hurting. Cameroonians need a change. If people are celebrating Bia, throwing parties and calling students to come join them, is hypocrisy at its highest level. Bia was not physically present at his Yaoundé birthday celebration. Local media often raise concerns about his age and health. But the government says Bia is in excellent shape. Bia was last seen in public on Friday 10 while delivering a message for Cameroon Youth Day. In the message, Bia asked young people to count on him and his government for more development projects, schools, universities, roads, hospitals, electricity and water. However, opposition political parties blame Bia for what they call an economic disaster in Cameroon 
despite the Central African state's rich natural resources. Violet Fokum is the executive director of the Center for Human Rights and Democracy. She says Bia has not been able to solve rampant corruption and the separatist crisis that have killed more than 3,500 people since 2017. Look at the number of children who have dropped out of school. 10% of girls married before the ages of 15 and then 31 by the age of 18. Schools have been shut down. When these kids are on the streets, they are quoted as child soldiers or they become bushwives to non-state armed groups. The 90-year-old Bia is the world's oldest serving leader and Africa's second longest serving president after his neighbor, Teodoro Obiangema Basogo, president of Equatorial Guinea. Bia has been Cameroon's president since 1982. In 2008, he removed term limits from the constitution, allowing him to serve indefinitely. His current mandate ends in 2025. Moki Edwin Kinzaka for VOA News, Yawundi, Cameroon. You're listening to African News Tonight on The Voice of America. Zambian authorities say more than 175,000 hectares of maize and other crops across the country have been affected by fall army worms. Critics warn the infestations could have a devastating impact on food security. Kathy Short reports from Lusaka, Zambia. Ministry of Agriculture National Director Chizumba Shepande confirmed the development in an interview with VOA in Lusaka Friday. Shepande also insists that the four army worm invasion is under control due to government's quick action as it has sent chemicals to all affected farmers. Truly, we have seen that the damage is there. In most fields, the crop is 100% infested and the in other fields where the farmers have spread, damage is not that much big. However, Zambia National Farmers Union spokesperson Calvin Kalei is not happy with government's response so far. We had a situation where input distribution were delayed and now also we are having armyworm situation, four armyworm situation. So we are going to have a situation where because of the delay, in other areas, the crop is going to be compromised. For James Mbolo, a farmer in Chisamba area north of the capital, Lusaka, the army worms have affected most of his maize. Like many farmers, Mbolo has not yet received the chemicals to control the pests. They're all over. We are looking for chemicals. But because we don't have money, that's why we are trying to crush them. We may, we may have something if we may control the army worms. Four army worms originated from the Americas in 2016, possibly through imported food. They thrive in Africa's warm weather. The worms are destructive pests that eat crops like maize, potatoes, cassava, wheat, and sorghum. Since 2016, they have been causing havoc in most African countries, including Kenya, Uganda, Zimbabwe, Zambia, and South Africa. Despite the problems with the insects, opposition patriotic front lawmaker Mlenga Fube has advised the government to pay greater attention towards developing the agricultural sector, which has the potential to enhance economic development. He argues that the government is not doing enough to develop farming. But this issue of reacting instead of being proactive is going to kill the agriculture sector. 
According to the UN Food and Agricultural Organization, FAO, four army worms threaten 18 billion U.S. dollars worth of food crops in Africa each year. In 2019, the FAO launched Global Action for Four Army Worm Control as an urgent response focusing on radical and direct and coordinated measures to prevent the spread of the pests in Africa. For VOA News, I'm Kathy Short in Lusaka, Zambia. The devastating earthquake that killed more than 35,000 people in Turkey and Syria has left many more injured or homeless in the midst of winter. Reporter Guzayza Nawashi in Harare spoke to a Zimbabwean living in Istanbul, away from the quake zone, who describes how the situation has affected the entire country. Mukutzei Mulambo says it's been heartbreaking. There's a strong air of sadness. It's such a lively country and seeing the people mourning and being sorrowful, there's just a, an air of tension around the country, at least around Istanbul. The area which I'm with is one of the busiest. It is the most people and it is the loudest people. And there was barely anyone in any pub, in any club. That's, that's how intense uh, it is. That's how people have been affected. I think the last time something like this happened, was in 1999. He says Zimbabweans have not been directly affected by the earthquake. As far as the Zimbabwean community has been affected, it is a few Zimbabweans that live in the south of Turkey, right? Like mostly will be in the north, Istanbul area, Izmir and Ankara. Maybe those three cities are usually the biggest ones where you'll find a lot of Zimbabweans because they are students there at universities and those that work usually in like the big cities like Ankara and Istanbul. Mlambo says other African nationals may have been directly affected. As far as other African citizens that are affected is probably the ones that have the largest demographic uh, in, in Turkey, which is mostly West Africans, so mostly Nigerians and Ghanaians because they're spread out more uh, than Zimbabweans are. He says Zimbabweans have been empathizing with the people of Turkey as well as providing support where they can. For VOA, this is Kudzaj Nawashe from Harare. Algeria has arrested the mother and sister of wanted activist Amira Bourawi days after she left for France. The French news agency AFP says the 46-year-old French-Algerian doctor was arrested last week in Tunisia as she waited to take a flight to Paris with her French passport. The French newspaper Le Monde says she was welcomed by the French embassy in Tunis before being given President Kais Saïd's authorization to return to France. Bourawi was sentenced in May 2021, two years in jail for offending Islam and insulting President Abdelmajid Tabouni. She was free on appeal. In response to her departure, Algerian authorities arrested her 71-year-old mother, who is now in detention. Her sister, Wafa, who was also arrested, has been released. A statement by Tabouni office says the government firmly protested against the clandestine and illegal exfiltration of Amira Bourawi via Tunisia to France. The Algerian president has asked for his country's ambassador to Paris to be recalled for consultations.
And with that, we wrap up this edition of Africa News Tonight. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. For all the latest developments on the continent 24-7, visit our website at voaafrica.com. On behalf of our producer, Mokbilia Baro, and our engineer, Cornelius Tanner, thanks for choosing the Voice of America.